Today's show is sponsored by our friends at orcacoolers.com. From roto-molded coolers that keep your ice good for days. They have drinkware like the barrel, the football barrel, the shorty, the stein, the teeny, the vino. They have chasers. They have coffee campers and travelers. All sorts of stuff. It's going to keep your drinks cold or hot. You're going to have coolers that will keep ice for days. And they're bear-proof. Go to orcacoolers.com slash bourbon for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com slash bourbon. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Old Limestone Mixing Water. It is the mixing water of Kentucky bourbon. We are firm believers here at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Drink however you want to drink. You want ice in it? Put ice in it. You want to put some water in it? Put water in it. And if you're going to put water in it, use water that was filtered through limestone in an aquifer that's 130 feet under the ground. Old Limestone's unique Kentucky limestone aquifer produces a rich, velvety, smooth water with hints of calcium and magnesium which amplify flavors yet with no iron at all you can make bourbon anywhere you want but 95 percent of it is made in kentucky because the water is special use old limestone water to mix take the taste test pour a bourbon neat sip it now add old limestone swirl it and sip again check out old limestone at oldlimestone.com or they're available at a store near you or online Bourbon and Beyond, this September in Louisville, Kentucky, with Bruno Mars. The Killers. Black Keys. Brandy Carlisle. Plus Duran Duran, Billy Strings, Black Crows, The Avid Brothers, Blondie, and so many more. Bourbon and Beyond, September 14th through 17th in Louisville, Kentucky. All passes on sale now for as low as $10 down at bourbonandbeyond.com. What's going on, Zeke? You know, spring is upon us. Spring has sprung. I don't know about that, but pollen sure as hell has. I know. I my nose is all stuffed up. I've been sick the the past couple of weeks. I've been pretty sick. One day I I had the flu. It wasn't corona. It wasn't anything. I mean, it was the flu. Like I was three days down, shaking. I had the chills. I. It was awful. It was right before my birthday. Well, like they always told me, it's better than the flap. My name is John Edwards. With me as always is Zeke Baker. Together we make the Dad's Drink of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. I don't really have anything to say back to that. So uh, how are you? Let's let's go right into it. I mean, my other favorite one was, well, it's nothing to laugh about. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Actually, I do have one other anecdote there, too. I remember this one time in, I'm in school, right? And we had like the last year we have to, uh, you know, go work for free and do experience, experiential stuff, whatever the hell they call it. So we got this. It's called an internship. Well, when you pay tuition to work 40 hours a week, it's called a lot of other things too. Yeah. We won't use those words right now. (laughs) (laughs) But so we got this one random guy and uh, they're in there like the ER or something. And uh, I forget what he had, some kind of VD. But they give him a shot of a penicillin in the butt. And everybody talks about how bad it hurts. And I remember my preceptor, Dr. Cobb, I'm like, Cobb, 
why would they give him a shot in the ass when they know it's going to hurt? When there's plenty of meds, all he had to do was take, you know, a couple of pills, this, a couple of pills, that, whatever, he'd been gone. He said, because <laughs> you give him that shot, he'll think about it before he wants to stick it in there again. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, I know every once in a while I got to let you get some stuff out and on this podcast, but like, I hope people were not listening with their kids around and I am not editing this before I put this out. Y'all, sorry. It has been a tough April and we, I, I know we've been staying for three months. We got to get back on a regular schedule. I am forcing myself to get back on a regular schedule. It's just you know, there's a lot going on with work and the day job and all that stuff. So I'm sorry. I, I apologize. This is coming out tomorrow. This is going to come out Thursday. I'm going to make sure an interview gets out for Friday. Um, we're just busting our butt. We're, we're recording tomorrow. We're recording next week. There's a whole lot of stuff going on and we apologize. I know that I, I put something out there recently. I said, what do you guys want to hear on the podcast? What do you want us to do? And they're like, no, just put out the podcast. That's all we want. So a lot of it was keep doing what we were doing. And then some people were like, yeah, we're still waiting for April's episode. So 20 days in here is April's first episode. And uh, it, yeah, I know Zeke, the eyes Zeke just gave me. So we missed y'all. We're back. We are, we are back and, and better than ever. I just, I was pretty sick and out of it. So uh, I'm feeling good now. I did an interview tonight. Zeke missed it. Zeke is recording with me tonight, but he missed the interview I did earlier. So we're going to have all interviews come out, uh, get back to our reviews once a week, interviews once a week, and then reviews twice a week if we don't have an interview. So we are drinking Jack 10 and 12 today, and I got to have a call. I got to have a media call with Chris Fletcher. Zeke, you were working during the day, so there were a whole bunch of us. Chris talked about these. He talked about the higher proof that these are at actually, too. So, you know, the 12-year is 107 proof, which is kind of crazy. The 10-year is at 97 proof. So these are a little bit higher proof jack they are higher in age and higher in proof um the the 10 year is a little cheaper than the 12 year um the the 10 year is going to be more around 70 bucks that 12 year whiskey is going to be more around 80 bucks so a little bit higher of a jack but it's still that 80 percent corn 12 percent rye 8 percent malted barley that is the mash bill for Jack Daniels. That did not change. And these are kind of interesting, you know, just the fact that it is a little bit older of a Jack Daniels, you know, even the, the private selects that we've done, the Jack Daniels barrel proofs, and those are still really coming in at five, six years. So, you know, but they're higher up in the Rick house, which is the higher proof. I mean, you don't want to be aging those for, for 10 years where they are so this is a 10-year whiskey a 12-year whiskey there's two different ones and uh it's kind of pretty big that jack is putting these out i mean they had the koi hill they had that special reserve finish they've, they've had the rise they've been putting out i mean jack is really starting to kill it with the lto game and chris is showing no sign of stopping and putting out ltos and and special things so this 10 and 12 is you know, something he wanted to do. So here we go. What'd you think about these Zeke? Let's start with the 10. 
they really are. The ten's the lower proof. I thought it was vice versa for some reason. No, the ten is ninety-seven proof, and the twelve is the one hundred seven. Oh, okay. I mean, it wasn't on the samples, but I, I could have swore what I whatever I'd read media-wise a while back said the opposite. But any rate, for the ten, I thought that it had, um, you know, pretty fair singe, literally just from the drop, so to speak. Like as soon as the tongue. You get a lot of a uh, char singe bite kind of aspect to it. Uh, I thought it was a little bit harder to find the traditional sweetness, banana, etc. Things that people will always, uh, you know, get from Jack and, and why most folks love it. And I also that was kind of unique that that singe component it really stuck to the middle of the palate more than moving toward the back into a, a sense of a finish. It just kind of glued up or got jammed up or whatever and just hung right in the middle for me. So, I, I mean, I could see that, and it's definitely not the banana, right? And I think there's fruit on it, but it's definitely not that typical Jack banana stuff. If anything, it's more of a darker fruit. And... um a little bit of oak right like there's a little bit of oak in there but it's not too much um what i get a lot of the 10 yeah i oh i get more on the 10 than the 12 and yeah i don't i don't, don't want to uh, jump the shark so to speak but we, we can we can go through notes and then compare i mean we can go back and <laughs> forth but like i definitely think um you know maybe a little bit of molasses um well no that's more the 12 um the, the 10 is just a little oakier for me and and you're right i mean slight singe but not too much like i mean i i think it almost drinks and i think that's where you're getting confused is it almost drinks hotter than the 12 even though it's you know 10 proof less because of the oak and the little bit of the singe there yeah and kind of backing my steps up, I guess I would say, and then thinking about it in the sense of, all right, we rarely get Jack at this age, but from other bourbon whiskeys, et cetera, there are a fair amount of products that once they've been aged for so long and the more you cut them with water, that's the first thing that's gone is always the sweetness and, and those other, you know, nice components. And you do end up, essentially being left at least from what I feel like more times than not with oak tannins, char, et cetera. So kind of re reverse pivoting, I guess you would say, and backing myself up. Uh, it does make better sense then, I guess, actually, once I, I wrap my head around it all. Yeah. I mean, the, when you, when you lower that proof, right, you're going to get more. Sometimes at that lower proof, you have more come out that you don't want to come out. And uh, I think that's kind of the case here, right? Like, and I think the 10 is fine. I think it's, I think the 10 is fine, but like if I have the choice and I know we're skipping ahead, if I have the choice between the 10 and the 12, I'm going to go for the 12 every single time. Same. But, but now give me your uh, notes on the 12. Yeah. Uh, sorry, folks. This one's a little bit of, you can tell we're a little rusty at this point when we, uh, we go ahead and give our conclusions before the notes, but oh well. On the 12, I, I thought it was softer at the front. 
it definitely had a, an extra sweet element to it that, that was nice to the palate. Uh, the, the, to me, the char on this one, it doesn't really show up as much until the very back end or the finish. And uh, it does have a little bit of a singe there, but certainly now realizing that I even had the proofs in my head of these reversed, and this was the 107 and the higher proof, that singe is by no means indicative of the proof of the whiskey. It, 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 I mean, it's kind of there. What do you expect? It's whiskey. But uh, most of it's the back end and just gives you a nice lingering finish that anyone that loves that kind of oak sensation and that hangs around, this should be their jam. The thing that's crazy for me on the 12, like the nose is just incredible. Like, and it is just so big. Like there is a lot of flavor on the nose and the taste. And I almost feel like that 10 is a little muted, you know, in the sense because of that lower proof where the oak just kind of takes over it. And I feel like there is just so much fruit and like all the stuff with this 12, like the nose, I, I can't get over it. I, and I said it on the call. Like I just said it over and over. Like the nose is not like any other Jack nose I've ever had. Like it is just, it is refined, but it is thick. It is fruity. It is a little bit of Oak, but not too much. Like a little bit of molasses. Like it, it just like, this just feels different to me. And I'm like, this is so much Jack, but it's not at all. If that makes sense to you, like I, I, it is just like so sweet. There, there's so much sweet cinnamon cherries, uh, like just a sugar aspect to it. Like that is not what I typically get on Jack. I mean, the best thing that made sense to me was you admitting you said something over and over, but you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> True story. Yes. Sorry. I said something over and over. No shit. Right. <laughs> I got to get my jabs in. It's been a while. Uh, but no, like even what I guess perplexes me more now is simply. You got to think they proof both of these, right? Yeah. Because 107 and 97 are not jack proofs so to speak so i mean what what was the 10 year like 107 then i, I mean you just kind of want to know right like how come y'all kept kicking it down like what was going on here were, were you just trying to literally have two opposite profiles was that part of the the, the marketing you know thought process here or, or is that the best expression of it you know like <laughs> I, I'm intrigued now, even more so. But I feel like the 10 year was like just held back, right? Like I feel like it there's like there's such a concentration and intensity in this 12. And I'm like, I wonder what and a lot of the best jacks have been that higher proof, right? Like in even if it's you know, it doesn't have to be 134.8, but, you know, a, a little bit of a higher proof Jack has always allowed so much more flavor to come out. I mean, think about like Coy Hill and think about the, the other stuff like 
Well, to a point. I mean, I think I tried three of the Koi Heels, and I enjoyed them, but I wouldn't put them above you know, quite a few of my favorite JDBP picks and a lot of folks seem to have the same sentiment. And, and I guess in that regard, I would almost look at it, uh, had a similar discussion with some friends of the night about, uh, you know, Blanton straight from the barrel, especially this day and age, bourbon craze people, et cetera, who knows what they really enjoy, but they all seem to love proof, right? To me, Blanton straight from the barrel, 130 or higher is hot garbage. Literally, but 125, that ballpark, Ooh-hoo, that's good whiskey. I know. We we had a long talk about that <laughs> when we did our tasting. We were, I mean, I think we talked about that for like 30 minutes at our charity it, tasting. It's true, and, I, and it's one of the few times that I think at least the folks that are, you know, have been drinking for long enough to experience different things actually all agree on pretty well. It's like, yeah. Blanton's proof is, is, is not the way to go. And, and, you know, kind of the same thing here. And also, to, you know, I think a funny other anecdote, at least from the, the Brown Foreman side of things with people is they won't say why they were aging the whiskey this long. Cause normally the, you know, the company lines like five years, six years, that's it. We pump it out. But the reason they decided to bottle it all of a sudden was the Ricks needed repair and they had to unload all the weight to be able to repair the ricks. Well, how long were y'all going to let that stuff sit in there, man? What, what were you doing? <laughs> like, hold on. Let well, think about this. So I asked Chris about this. And the funny thing is, is, you know, because we kind of know Brown Foreman's got the brand teams and all that other stuff. And they're kind of like, you know, telling them to do stuff. And I said, Chris, like, you know, are you getting told what to do or like, how are they giving you the leash? Right. And Chris was just like, I'm kind of not telling anyone I'm doing stuff and then I'm doing stuff. And then they kind of like what I'm doing. So they let me keep doing stuff. But he's like, I'm not telling, I'm not asking for permission. I'm just like when they had Coy Hill, I mean, he put it up in the buzzard's roost of the, you know, uh, of the Rick house. I mean, he put it all the way up on the top. That's how it got so hot. And he's just trying different stuff and they're letting him do it. So, you know, obviously this 10 and 12, I mean, it's been sitting around before he came back. Right. I mean, this is going back to Arnett having this stuff there, but like, you know, they're just giving him a wide, <laughs> a wide lane to do whatever the hell he wants. And I think he's showing, right? Like, this is what he was meant to do. Chris Fletcher was meant to helm Jack. He was meant to kind of do all this stuff. And he's always been big on the experimentation and just trying different stuff. And I'm glad they're letting him do it. I, you know, this 10 year, this 12 year, even though the 10 is not my favorite, um, but getting to try it and see what it's like and seeing Jack at different proofs. I just kind of feel like the 10 year is too close to the private select being your know, 96 proof for the private select and or 94. Is it 94 or 96? I think it's 94, but it's younger, but it, I mean, it's younger, but it's close enough. Right. So it's like, I still kind of feel like you're not getting a lot of variation in products there, but that the 12 year 107 proof, I think is 
amazing. And I think it's a big step forward to kind of have, I, I kind of find it funny though, when brands pick the same proof as like, you know, Brown Foreman's picking 107 proof, just like antique. So I kind of find those little, like, you know, like those, those numbers like 101 and 107 on all that kind of stuff. I find it very interesting when brands kind of like, I wonder why they land on those numbers. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, there was a taster, what, two years ago now, three, it was a 107. Oh, what was it? Remember? I loved it. I, I, I mowed through a few. <laughs> the Jamaican allspice was my favorite taster, but yeah, but there was something, I think it was just a regular whiskey or, or there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot done to it, but it was a one Oh seven proof, but I remember it being real darn good. Uh, but yeah, it's it, interesting to fall at that point and I assume they proofed it, but who knows? But yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued a bit. I am too. I find these things to be very intriguing. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, at the same time, you don't, who sees antique anymore, bro? It's all foolproof. I know. Well, don't even get me started <laughs> on that, right? Because Sorry, I brain farted. I'm like, man, there was something I was going to say and I forgot to write it down. Don't yeah, even get it. me started on that because antique was my favorite. Uh, I mean, it still is over foolproof over everything. I mean, in foolproof, I mean, we've talked about it before. I feel like foolproof is so hit or miss on those store picks. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the private barrels of foolproof. It almost kind of goes to me like with Colonel E.H. Taylor. I like the E.H. Taylor small batch over the single barrel because I feel like the small batch is more consistent where they're kind of patching it out. And, and those single barrels, even though, you know, you're buying a single barrel, and it's not like a, a pick, right? It's just an E.H. Taylor single barrel. There's too much variation in ones I've had. And, you know, the price tag of that single barrel is so much more than the small batch. I've just always enjoyed the small batch E.H. Taylor more. Oh, yeah. That uh, that nice coined word of drinkability. Yes. And and the consistency, right? Like it goes back <laughs> to all that stuff. I, I there, was a, there was a brand or not a brand. There was a... um a person that reached out and wanted me to go to, to maker's mark for them. And basically, can you use your influence with dad's drinking bourbon to get maker's mark to do cast strength, single barrels that aren't like the private select program. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know, I was like, do you want to know what one's going to taste like? And they're like, what? I'm like, go to the store, get cast strength maker's mark, open the bottle, drink it every single barrel is going to taste like that. I was like, the whole point of maker's mark is to make maker's mark and make every barrel of maker's mark taste like maker's mark. Like they rotate and they do everything. <laughs> everything is about consistency at maker's mark. And that's kind of like, that's, I think the interesting thing here to, to kind of tie it all back together, right? That's the interesting thing for me with Jack is because the whole point of Jack is to make Jack. Right. And like, and we kind of just think like, okay, number one whiskey brand in the world. It's being made in Lynchburg. The whole town basically works in order to make Jack Daniels and make the best Jack Daniels and make it consistent and get it all out in the world. And to find out like, so there's 18,000 bottles of this 12, right? Who knew 
that they had 18,000 bottles of 12 year whiskey that was, you know, like who knew you and I've been there on picks and they've told us to our face. Eh, we don't usually keep much past six turn it and keep the product going out the door. And then you get this line about, well, we happen to have some in a couple of ricks and our structural engineers happened to realize the ricks needed some repairs or it wasn't going to be good. So we had to pull these barrels and dump them. Well, what in the same hell were you going to do with them? And why were they there? Like, <laughs> it's just like they're full of surprises and you know that they're not going to, I mean, as much as you think that you're in the know, and that's what I love about these brands. As much as we think we're in the know, as much as we're talking to people and they're telling us what's going on, they always got something up their sleeve. I do think, though, almost that maybe they were doing this. They knew they were going to be 10 and 12. They went through. They proofed the 12. They got it where they really liked it. Well, then they realized they had to make the 10 be a different profile or what was the point in doing both releases, Right. But they did the 10 first. So this is the second release of the 10 and it was 97 oh. proof last year too. Oh, maybe that's why then. Okay. Either way, it's, it, it's quirky to me. I'll leave it at that. So I, I mean, I mean, is the 14 year going to be 117 proof? <laughs> I mean, we, we all know the longer Jack sits, the hotter it gets. Yep. And I mean, think about how much they had to proof it down anyway. Right. So they're already probably proofing it from 130 to 107 and 97. So you're taking a whole lot off of that. Um, and, and that probably shows in the 10 year, right? When, when you're taking that much off of it and that's probably why it's a little held back, a little muted. But I mean, I think these are great. I love that the Jack is doing them. I would probably leave the 10 on the shelf and go for the 12. I'm in the same boat. However, I, I must admit that I've had these samples from John for a minute since we haven't recorded in 20 some odd days. <laughs> I've tasted more than a few friends that have passed through the house on both of them. It's been about 50, 50. No Interesting. Lie. Yep. So I would say take our opinions with a grain of salt <laughs> as and always. Take it with a grain of salt and try them both, right? And if you if you have the ability to try them, try them. I just think the intensity, the richness, the flavor, the berries, the everything in the 12 is just more amplified for me, and I think it's that higher proof. They're both good products. You're not going to regret buying them. And I don't I don't know if it's necessarily the because of the proof. I just think that it's a sweeter spot. Like we said, these things had to be 130 coming out. Who knows what 120 would have been, 115, 101. You know, like who knows what other flavors were in there as you as you move down that, you know, ladder, so to speak. But uh, at least for once, John and I agree on something that the uh, for us, the, the 12 is the preferred of the two, I would say. And I kind of have a feeling, though, that Jack is still going to play around with some stuff and we're not done figuring out all these different things that they're going to try. So who knows, maybe we will try it at 115 or 120 or you never know what Chris has up his sleeve. I mean, there's probably at this point a Rick house that they forgot about. 
they'll, they're going to find it on the back end of the, the you know, the uh, the mineral spring that runs through the property. Oh, we didn't know anybody built anything back there. We thought it was a bad cave. Jack Daniels <laughs> orphan barrel. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Jack, for sending us these samples. We really appreciate it. You can go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dad's, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Please leave us an open and honest review, just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. We're sorry we were MIA for a little bit. We'll be back. Where else can the folks find us? Zeke Baker. Good old Nashville, Tennessee. Cheers. Ciao.